Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome everybody. Hi, this is Jory Ann, the Coffee Psychic, and welcome to your Psychic Connection. Hey, we have got a very interesting show for everyone tonight. Um, we've got a gentleman that will be calling in that has had uh, a very unusual, amazing experience. Tonight's topic is near-death experience. So I just want to say to you guys, if you guys have had a near-death experience or know someone that has, please call in. Please share your experience with us. Um, there have been a lot of reports about people having near-death experiences, which kind of really works with, um, you know, I guess just the topic of is heaven is heaven real? What lies before us after we die? So we're going to be talking about that now. Do you believe in heaven? <laughs> yeah, do you believe in heaven? Julia, Julia, there you Hi, are. How are you? <laughs> how are you today? Good, good. It's been a whole week without you. I know, I know. I miss you too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, you know, I know we always look at what's been happening in my world. I'm going to turn the tables on you. Have there been any strange and crazy things happening in your world? Yes. What's been happening? Where did you say that? No, I don't know if there's something in my house or not lately. It just seems like my dog in the middle of night, I keep waking up exactly at 3 o'clock. The dog is, like, antsy and looking and, like, barking. He never does that in the middle of the night. Usually only if there's okay. someone at the door. So it's mm-hmm. just like just weird things, weird vibes. I've had um, like sconces fall and crash all by themselves, and they've been oh. in the same spot for a while. Wow. So it's just weird, weird little things like that. But, you know, I'm tempted to go buy a candle and, you know, just kind of like soothe the environment or something, you know. Well, there are some candles out there that are for specifically that, you know, kind of bringing down the energy in the um, in the house if things are disruptive. And, again, you can also take my red tapered candle, cut off an inch off of the bottom, turn it upside down, you know, because you're going to flip the candle upside down and burn it upside down, asking God to remove any and all negative energy that's in your house um, or that's in, getting in your way, let's say, of, achieving a certain goal that you're interested in achieving as well. So you can use that prayer for that. But, you know, when you're saying, so things are dropping in your house, and I can tell you that things have been dropping in my house too, because I've got this um, this Maine Coon kitten. <laughs> and he just thinks Beautiful. it's hysterical to be on the table or on a counter. And if there's anything on there, seriously, like a little infant He'll sit there and push it off and watch as it falls and crashes to the ground. Oh, my gosh. So it's not a spiritual thing. I just want to let everyone know it's not a, <laughs> it's not a thing. But I will tell you, I will tell you, I I think I reported to you guys that um, I had my TV that was going on again, off again by itself. It was changing channels. Right. Um, it did happen one more time, and then it hasn't happened since. So, and I did, I'm trying to remember where I saw this dead man. I saw a dead man in my front room. 
standing there. And, you know, the hardest part for me, too, and I, oh, I think I saw somebody going into another one of my rooms in the house just um, two nights ago. The hardest part for me about being a psychic and a medium is that when I have these dead people coming into my home, you know, many times it's because of the work I do. You know, they're here to visit somebody. They want to pass a message along. Um, Like all of a sudden I'm hearing the name Elaine, and I get a sense of Elaine's father is telling her hi. So if there are any Elaines out in our listening audience or when people listen to the podcast, I just want to let you know that your father says hello. Um, And, you know, it comes in just like that. But when I have these dead people in the house, I don't always get, um, I, honestly, I don't always get who they are. And I'll ask them, and sometimes they're in, and they're gone. So, and they don't have to tell me who they are either. Wow. But I would, I would prefer if they did. <laughs> and I'm, I'm also going to mention something else. I have a friend that I haven't talked, spoken with for a while, and um, his mother comes through as a red cardinal and um Ooh. and this person is just a simply wonderful person so i'm not sure um but i will tell you that last week and this has never happened in this home and in any of my homes actually i had a red cardinal which is the male cardinal and the female cardinal in the tree sitting together last week uh tuesday just singing singing and um Oh, my God, it was just amazing that it was almost up to a half an hour of these wow. birds singing in in my back. And at one point, they stopped for a moment, and then they flew to my kitchen window and were singing <laughs> Hello, in there. And then, huh? I know. Hello, we're serenading you. I know, I know. So I was wondering if his mother was stopping by to say hello to me or something, you know, so that oh. was kind of cool. Yeah, and, I, and I'm just going to throw out, too, I've got to tell you guys, um, you know, I I don't know if I talk about my uh, cats that much, but this little Maine Coon kitten uh, was a gift. He's just a beautiful little uh, person. And he, last month, was 36 inches long, and now he is 40 inches long this week. Wow. That's a long growing. cat. Yeah. Yeah. Growing, growing. Growing rapidly. So, um, so I just want to share that with you guys. So we have, so so I would suggest you smudging your house, taking the red tapered candle, turning it upside down uh, to get the negative energy out of your way. And it really, I promise you that negative energy candle upside down, it really reverses uh, any of the negativity that's around you. So uh, give that a try, Julia, and let me know what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't feel, that it was like odd that, the thing fell, the dog's been waking up, I've been waking up at a certain time. It's just odd coincidences. But before we move on, uh, real quickly, did you have your garage sale? I want to share that with you guys. Now, we've had some people that already came. Uh, I'm having the garage sale this Friday from uh, 10 until 4, Saturday 10 until 4, and Sunday 10 until 4. Now, I want people to remember, people hear me not just in this local vicinity, so the deal on my once-a-year garage sale special is buy a piece of my junk for a buck and get a reading at half price. I only do this once a year, Julia. So if people want to call me, this would be the time to get in on this great deal because, again, you won't see it till possibly next year. And um, so, again, that number for people to reach me at is uh, 
919-940-9292. Again, write it down. 219-940-9292. And you don't have to come to my garage sale per se. You can just put, you know, add on a buck and get my reading at half price. So for the people that I read out in Australia, I read people out in Canada, I read people out in New Zealand, if you guys are listening, give me a call um, and we'll just set you up with a reading. So you can do it by Skype, you can do it by phone, or please by all means, if you are in the area, Illinois, Indiana, I've actually had people coming in vans, true story, <laughs> from Wisconsin. Wow, So. It's very fun. It's very fun. Or, again, I can come out by you guys and do a house party, so just give me a call. And thanks for asking. I hope I hope you're going to be able to come by the garage sale, Julia. Yeah, I will try. I will definitely try. I've got some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm so excited about tonight. Oh, my God. Yes, I am so. Oh. Yes, we have a wonderful friend. His name is uh, Mr. Chuck Kennedy. Chuck, I know, has been in the paranormal field for a long time. Oh, my God, you guys. Chuck is so versed in so many different areas of um, the paranormal world. Now, the one thing that was really amazing was that uh, I'm very sorry to say that um, Chuck had an episode, uh, and so he can really speak about our topic tonight, near-death experience. So, Chuck, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. How are you doing, Jorian? You're here. I'm so glad you're here. I'm great, Chuck. I'm great. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Julia, how are you doing? I guess you I'm are. doing great, Chuck. I'm oh. so glad to know that you're okay. And you're, Chuck has many, many talents in the paranormal uh, yeah. world. I mean, and this is just the latest, you know, blessing that he's had. But he has many other talents, and I'll let them go. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank Jorianne you. and Julia are two good friends. Uh, Jorianne and I used to have back-to-back shows over at the studio out in Aurora, and Julia kind of ran the shop there. And so these are, are two real good friends of mine. So to be on a show with the two of them is is just like old times. It's really great. Oh my and I God, always so glad to be with you. In awe of all of his stories, and I mean, just you and Jorianne together, I, I, I think this is going to be a fantastic show. We may have to have a... a a part one and a part two, you never know. Yeah. Well, we can do that. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Hey, Chuck, so why don't, we, why don't we go with what What actually got you started in the paranormal field first, if you don't mind? Um, to be honest, I don't really remember. It was 40 years ago, 1972. I, wow. was, uh, I was just a young buck. Actually, I was like 22 at the time. But anyway, I digress. The... Uh, it was 1972. I think I saw something in the newspaper about a ghost story up in Wisconsin. So mm-hmm. I was working at the phone company at the time, and me and a couple of buddies decided, hey, Wisconsin's got a bar on every corner. Let's go up to Wisconsin tonight and go ghost hunting and drinking. And, and that's kind of how it all got started. And how from funny. there, it just really, really snowballed uh, into doing all kinds of investigations, uh, doing... Um, doing the ghost tours with Kevin out in Naperville for years. And uh, for the last year and a half, I've been down in Branson doing ghost tours in Branson. Um, wow. And, uh, and next week I moved to Dallas-Fort Worth to be doing a whole lot of uh, investigations and spirit work with uh, just an, um, the most amazing team I've ever seen. We'll talk about them a little later, but uh, down in Dallas-Fort Worth, and we'll be doing tours uh, so it's um, 
it's really uh, it spanned 40 years, and I've seen things that I never realized I would ever see. And most of it, uh, uh, the most amazing stuff's been in the last, uh, probably the past year. It's yeah. been unbelievable. Yeah. I know that you've had some things come up around you that have been kind of, um, how can I say it, mum's the word kind of stuff. <laughs> so you've actually come across some really highly unusual uh, activity, honestly. Now, you're going to be moving, so what if people need your, uh, what if they need your services or something, Chuck? How would people contact you or reach you, or would you be working back out here in Illinois, Indiana, or what? How well, do you handle that? I don't know that I'll be back in uh, Illinois, Indiana. Um, okay. But we'll be around a lot. Um, the team I've got down in Texas, uh, Ghosts of DFW. We've got a, a Facebook page, Ghosts of DFW. we got a web page, ghostsofdfw.com. On there is my email, uh, my phone number. And I'm working with this team that's just amazing. My VP of Operations, Robin LaRose, is just such okay. a intelligent, gifted lady who's so sensitive. And we don't want to just do investigations. We don't want to just do ghost tours. What we're really working on is getting the public both the, uh, as we always say, the dead are just people who no longer have a body. And what we right. want to do is get both sides of the veil to understand the other side a whole lot better so that the whole spirit okay. world, we can help rescue some of the spirits, we can help the living who don't understand when their dead family members appear. So we, our mission is to just really help the whole spirit world. And Robin's an yeah. amazing lady. She's just so talented to work with. Then we've got Mallory Barton, who's the lead investigator for Fort Worth, just a, a charming and intelligent sensitive that's so dedicated to the mission. Her boyfriend, wow. Paul Rowe, is such a great sensitive. He's really on top of things. And then have you ever been to any event where at the event, every time you turn around, you trip on the cameraman? Well, we have a camera guy. Our camera guy have slayed. You? Yeah, you know, it's like at a wedding. You turn around and you spill your drink because the camera guy's trying to get a picture of you and you trip, you know. But we've got this camera oh guy, God. Slade. Slade is so, he's like the wind. You know mm-hmm. he's there because he's getting a job done, but you never see him. If I hadn't met the guy at lunch in downtown Dallas, I'd wonder if he really exists. But he's just wow. a, an amazing young man. So we've got this team that, that just uh, everybody works so well together, and I, I'm so excited to get down there next week. We've already got so many things lined up. We've got a tour in Fort Worth starting uh, Labor Day. Uh, we're wow. doing some work up in Oklahoma, and we've just got a lot of things in the works. And it's going to be a whole lot of fun. It really is a spirit world, and we just live in it. Well, you know what? That's the truth. That's the truth uh, for sure, Chuck. I'll tell you what. I know that um, you're a great teacher. You've written many books. So even if you can't be in Illinois to do a paranormal investigation, because that part of your job is moving into a different location now, people can always get help from you either online or they can actually get your books. Now, you've written a lot of books, Chuck, so... What what are some of the yeah, books that you 16. have written? Well, wow, I've got 16, 16 but, but a lot of them are on health care. I spent 35 years as a, a nurse and a uh, nursing home administrator, and then uh, a few years back I got my Ph.D. in neuroscience. Uh, mm-hmm. And so a lot of the books are in health care. But working with the neuroscience side of it, 
I really spent a lot of time trying to understand human consciousness, both pre- and post-mortem. And, okay. and it's an amazing thing because our memory clearly does go to the other side. And, yes. and we can function on the other side on a cognitive level. And it's because we really, our brain is only a processor, but our body has all the memory. And when those cells, when that energy, that energy is, is digitally encrypted and transfers over to the other side, our whole history goes with us. Well, and, I want to mention uh, and right here real. that what you're describing, what you're describing is the identity that somebody has during one incarnation that their soul yeah. will accumulate and will collect the memories. So I know as a hypnotherapist, I've done regression work. And when you're taking yeah. people back, they can visit many past lifetimes. And the, and the personalities that come up are different, and yet they're all the same and the same of the same soul, just many different experiences. And, and um, when I did, I did a radio show with Christina, Bishop Christina, about two weeks ago, and I actually hypnotized her on the air, took her back into her past life, and, um, oh. and that was just really interesting uh, because oh my she goodness, had so that many exciting. Mm-hmm. It was. For an on-the-air event, it worked out pretty cool. Uh, to be honest, you know, it could have blew up in our face, but it didn't. <laughs> and it worked mm-hmm. now, out really cool. Now, were you doing the... Um, were you doing the regression at a, a remote location? Were you doing it at a different location? Yeah, she was in Chicago and I was down in Branson. Yes, I've done that before too. Yes, and and again, the the only thing um, that I found interesting is when you do something like that. Many times, your listeners might also be going into regression as well. <laughs> yeah, we gave, we gave a lot of warnings. Don't be driving. Don't don't work the electric mixer. You're going to lose fingers. You know. And, uh, you know, we had visions because Christina says, hey, let's do this. And I'm going, oh, yeah, we're going to hypnotize somebody as they're driving down the street and they're going to crash. And, uh, oh and then my ass gets sued off, you know, so I didn't want that. So it was pretty funny. Uh, but it worked. Ooh, we gave cool. a lot of warnings. And the other thing is what I talked about before we even got started was when you do a regression, don't do it alone. Because you may take yourself back to a time that you don't know was so traumatic. And yeah. now you're trapped. You know, have good, you, you got to have an escape you, route. Good for you. Let uh, me tell you, you know, that I now. Do. Let me, I, I just want to comment on that. So I agree okay. with you completely because as, as a hypnotherapist, I've seen a lot of different situations, and when I've regressed people, normally I don't have people that have any kind of bad reactions, but I've heard of them. And um, mm-hmm. and I think it is really important that you would have somebody else there so you can make sure that you bring them back out or help them deal with the uh, the trauma because in that, then you get it healed. And, again, if you're, if you're yes. stuck there, you're right. That would not be a good deal at all. Yeah. And, and a lot of the uh, doing hypnotherapy uh, as a nurse, a lot of times people have current-day phobias or issues, and they don't know why they have this phobia, but when you take them back, to two lifetimes ago and you find out that well, the reason they, they have a fear of water is they drowned on the Titanic, you know, or something like yeah. that. And and if you take them back to that time and now suddenly they're stuck there, uh, it's so traumatic to them and it's just not fair to them. So you have to have always have a plan B and you got to have a way to get out of it. And when they're doing it by themselves, they don't necessarily have an escape route, a plan B to get out of it. And it can be really traumatic. Uh, I, well, I want to share, I share something warm. with you. 
I want to share something with you, Chuck, real quick. I have a, I have a mutual friend between you and I, and this person went to somebody um, that did regression with her, and uh, she did not realize that she was slipping back into a very deep altered state, and she had slipped into a past life, and uh, she was hanging on a cross in this oh. past life. Now, when she when she came out of this regression, she went in there, I think, for quitting smoking or something like that. And when she came out, she did not have the ability to communicate with this person that something wasn't right. And because this person had a a type of situation where uh, some hypnotherapists will do things differently. I like to sit with my clients. Some people have them in a separate room and communicate with them. I need to be with my clients so I can see their face, their reactions, their their body movements, everything. And that's not the way this one was run. But anyway, um, she she came by me, and we went back, and we got the thing completely cleared up. I mean, I'm not going to go into all the details, but it was an amazing experience. And what you are saying right now is very, very valid. You need to have somebody there to know what's going on. And this this uh, other person, this other therapist, did not know because she didn't have the ability to, to mention it. And uh, it was pretty traumatic for her. Yeah. Real traumatic. Yeah. I, and I've seen that happen. Normally, I'm sitting right there with my patients. I don't even yeah. like, until I've taken them under several times, I won't give them a CD. And when I do, it's only for smoking or weight loss. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, if if after they drift off, they can just go to sleep, whatever, and I'll have the post-hypnotic suggestion to stay away from the damn cigarettes. But um, <laughs> usually, um, I've had a really good track record down here in Branson uh, doing uh, doing uh, smoking. I'm, I've already got my clinic set up in Dallas, so when I get down there, I can be doing uh, hypnosis down in Dallas. But the past wow. life regression... We did it on the show because we thought it would be fun, but uh, but I'm still uneasy about it because I don't know if there was any side effects. Uh, and and I was uneasy about it at the time. Uh, but normally I like to be right in the room with them, just a few feet away, so when things start to go south, you know, you can get a, yeah. a hold of the situation and, and diffuse it instantly before it becomes a nightmare. Well, I want to let people know that might want to come and see you what a great what a great uh, gift this would be for themselves because when you're in hypnosis, you're actually right there. Your consciousness will remember what it was like to touch the dirt, to to go back into the yeah. early 1800s and your horseback riding or you're a, a princess or something. It's really phenomenal. It's, and we could have a whole different uh, a whole different show about this. But you know what I really want to get into right now, Chuck, with you? We actually decided tonight, and again, like Julia said, we're, we're probably going to have to do another show or two with you. But we're talking about near-death near death experiences. And and I know for sure you had an encounter. I was surprised to hear it. I'm so grateful to God that you're okay. So would you so tell I. us what happened? Well, it was about uh, four or five weeks ago. I think it's going up on five weeks now. It was a Friday night. And okay. I was... Um, when I have health problems, I kind of, uh, after 35 years as a registered nurse, I kind of self-treat. Okay. And, you know, nurses wait to make the worst patients. Anyway, I was having a whole lot of chest. Uh, then I started to have some, I was checking my blood pressure. Yeah, it was pretty high. It was like 290 over 200. 
And so I'm oh, thinking, awesome. well, you know, that's not really a good thing. And and then I started to get some right-sided weakness. So I knew my right uh, center um, temporal artery was was crashing down. And, I mean, my left uh, temporal uh, artery was crashing down because my right side was crapping out. So I'm on the way to the hospital. I get to ER, and I'm thinking if I blow out the left side of my brain, I'm going to lose Broca's area. I'll never have speech. I'm going to lose Vortice's area. I'll never understand anything anyone says to me. And, yeah, they can might uh-huh. be able to keep me alive, and I could be a vegetable for another 20 years staring at the ceiling. And I said, you know, that doesn't really appeal to me. So I told yeah. the, the ER nurses right away, I said, I want a sign that do not resuscitate. And so mm-hmm. they go get the social worker. The social worker comes in. She's arguing with me like crazy. No, you ain't, Deb. Just, and we're arguing back and forth. I'm hooked up to the mm-hmm. monitor, and I can see based on the monitor, 35 years as a nurse, I worked cardiac. Excuse me, I'm looking at the monitor, and I'm going, this isn't a heart problem. My potassium is way too high. I've got a kidney problem but it's causing my heart to, to screw up. So I finally get her oh. to get me the clipboard with the do not resuscitate order, and I'm trying to sign it. I'm having trouble signing it because i got to fill out the top of my name and all that, then check all the boxes, sign the bottom, and the social worker is still bitching at me. And mm-hmm. so I'm arguing with her, and, and then I see, I, I feel something funny in my chest. I look up at the monitor, and here with the high potassium level, I had thrown an extra beat. And when you throw an extra oh. beat, if it lands on the wrong spot on your EKG, it stops your heart. Wow. So I feel this flutter. I look at the monitor, and I go, oh, shit. And, that's, and all I needed was 10 more seconds, and I would have signed the do not resuscitate. But the next oh. thing I know, I see the pen sliding off the bed onto the floor. The clipboard goes off the other side of the car down to the floor, and boom, I'm down. I'm out. Oh. My heart stopped. Wow. So then I realized that I'm I'm up in the air looking down at the nurses as they're they're doing CPR on me and getting the code card in there, firing up the defibrillator, charging the they started at the standard ACLS two hundred joules, boom, they hit me and and I'm sitting there going, Well, watching these guys, I'm screwed. And now uh, wait, were you then, on, uh, were you unconscious? Wait, were you unconscious at this point, Chuck, or were you still conscious? Oh yeah, yeah, my heart wasn't beating, no. I'm totally so unconscious. unconscious. I'm just, and I'm drifting around the room. Okay, so, so you, uh, so your your body was unconscious, but your mind was still alert. So you had an out of body experience. Was alert. Yeah, my subconscious was alert. My conscious mind didn't have any clue what was going on. Um, okay. I was clin- at that point. I was clinically dead, and right. uh, so they're doing CPR on me. And then I'm in this dark room, and I see the white light. And I'm okay. drifting over there, and there's my mom and dad and my brother. And they've all, all right. been dead for over 20 years. And so I'm talking to my mom, and I'm talking to my dad, and uh, and they're telling me, my dad's telling me, you got to go back. And uh, okay. I said, but I, I don't want to go back. And dad goes, you have to, you have to finish that Alzheimer's program you started. Uh, because I worked wow. on an Alzheimer's program that helped, and and he knew a lot of my patients, and he was always he was always so proud of his, his son, the nurse, and and he wanted me to go Aww. back and finish this Alzheimer's program. He says people need that, and I said I don't want to go back, and he kind of tilted his head down and said that one word that always told me the conversation was over. He just tilted what his head that? down, looked at me, and said, 
He goes, Doc? And I knew it was a done deal. <laughs> so when you when you were out in this experience, so you when you woke up, you remembered all of this. Is that correct? Well, see, not exactly. Not exactly. There, it kind of got a little more complicated after that. I was down. They did CPR. According to the code sheet, when I read the code sheet, I was down for 21 minutes before they brought me back. Wow. And uh, during that time, I would have swore I was there. To, I talked to my mom and dad. I talked to little Andrew and Chris. Chris is the little ghost that, that I found up in the eight-year-old ghost I found in Naperville uh, four years ago. Okay. And he still lives with me. He came down to Branson with me. And then there's little Andrew, okay. who I picked up at the deli, who it turned out was, uh, it appears to be, was Robin's son 18 years ago when she lost the baby. That was Andrew coming back. So I, I, had, wow. I, so I had little Andrew and Chris standing there, so I got to, as much as I talked to them and get EVPs every day, it was so nice. Okay. They came over and they hugged me, and it was just so cool. But all of this took place, and I swore I was there for like 90 seconds, maybe two minutes past. And then when I, yeah. a couple of days later when I read the code sheet, I was down for 21 minutes. Well, this, so when, when, were these, when were these memories flooding back to you? Well, see, part of the problem was then when I drifted back, next thing I knew, I'm laying on the cart in ER again. And the, mm-hmm. uh, the nurse that was running the code, she's sitting there going, um, she says, well, charge again to 360. They were going to hit me for the fifth time. And I said, mm-hmm. if you hit me one more time with those paddles, I'm going to grab them out of your hand and show you how to do a colonoscopy with them. And <laughs> so you so were, so goes, you were saying this, he, not, but you were awake no, this I was time saying, saying this out loud, loud, right? You weren't thinking this? And that's how, no, no, I said that. That's how she knew I was back. Oh, got so it. Okay, perfect. Anyway, so this was a Friday night. This was like midnight Friday. But then Saturday, the nurse practitioner that was assigned to my case, her and I argued a lot most of the night because I wanted them to go after the kidney side. They wanted to go after the heart side. And I said, until we get my kidneys straight, it isn't going to matter. I'm just going to go, my heart's going to go right back into failure again. And we're arguing. So she decided I was too combative. And she ordered, um, she ordered uh, IV sedation for the rest of the weekend. Oh, my so all day Saturday, I was just, I was stoned. I was drugged out of it. I have no idea what happened that Saturday. Uh, wow. Because they just had me drugged. So Sunday, they Did they started get your kidney thing the, fixed, though? Did they get your kidney thing well, fixed? right after I left, when I signed myself out at AMA against medical advice, yeah, I kind of got it fixed. Mm-hmm. Good. But in the meantime, so then it's Monday. I, I signed myself out Sunday. I get home. And I'm still, I've got this drug-induced hangover from all day Saturday. And, mm-hmm. I mean, nothing was clear to me at all. And then Monday, by Monday, I decided I needed to know what happened Friday night better than, okay. than all these fragmented memories. So I yes. took myself under hypno- hypnosis and took me, myself back to Friday night. And I had my audio recorder in my hand. And as I went through the events of Friday night, I recited them out loud, what I was feeling, seeing, what I was feeling, all of the senses, the, the uh, visual, the auditory, the kinesthetic, the uh, uh, gustatory, everything that I can pick up on my senses as this is happening, I'm reciting it into the recorder. 
And then after I took myself out of hypnosis, I then played the recording, and then all the pieces of Friday night fell into place. Beautiful. So until I did the whole hypnosis thing, I only had fragments of Friday night. Our memory can retain. I mean, our memory really retains everything, and people don't realize that. You, don't, you might not recall it consciously. Unconsciously, you positively will record it. Recall it. That's why yeah, some and people... Actually, consciously, we, uh, consciously, we distort our memory. So the only way oh, to get to the truth is to do it uh, as unconsciously. I know that the police have used it when there's been an accident to have people regress back to see the like the license yeah. plates or things like that. So it's, it's, it's pretty important stuff here. So you mm-hmm. then were able to recall everything. And... Um, so, so what was it like seeing your mom and dad? How was that for you? Oh, that was cool. It was so <laughs> great. And I, my, and I hadn't seen my brother, and I hadn't seen him for probably ten years before he died. And um, and it was, and even though him and I didn't even speak, you know, we just smiled at each other, and that was just so cool. And mm-hmm. so it was really cool. And my mom was, and my mom was my mom. Her dry sense of humor, but yet she's always, um, she always knew how to keep me in line, and and she did. Uh, she busted my chops okay. a bit. Um, and uh, Very nice. and then Dad said, you, you know, you got to go back. You got you got work to finish. You got to do that. And but here's wow. the cool thing. Now, it, as great as it was to see them, over in the corner is this. The, I guess, I don't, I guess, there's an angel standing in the corner. There's a guy with a sword standing in the corner, an angel, long blonde hair, a smile that could melt glaciers. Wow. And I said, I said, Mom, is that St. Michael? He goes, he's always been your protector. He's always been your hero. You, all, you pray Aww. to him every day. And I said, yeah, but, oh but he's here. And she goes, he's always been here for you. And I know he always Aww. has. He's gotten me through my toughest times. But, but to see that smile on his face and just know the warmth and the protection that I just felt seeing him there was just so unbelievable. It was amazing. Hey, I've got to tell you, uh, we've, got some callers, we've got some callers that have called in, and I'm sure they're going to want to ask you some questions. Uh, I invited them also if they had a, if they had a situation uh, that they wanted to share with us, that they could do that. So cool. are you open to take... A call or two. Oh yeah, sure. Perfect. Do you mind if we do that right now? Won't we? Won't we Let's grab that it. and then? Um, okay, Julia, are you there? Julia, I know Julia's I there. I can hear her. I was talking to her. <laughs> um, <laughs> our first caller then is is Marianne, who does have a story about life after death. Ah, beautiful. All right, thank you. Hi, Marianne, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Um, Hi. Let me know if you can hear me okay, because I have you on speaker. Okay, well, we can hear you. Can you hear us? Yeah, yeah. Perfect. So So what happened for you? Well, I actually called in for a question, and you happened to be doing, you know, near death. And, yeah, I had one about the same time frame. It was 1973. And uh, I was a junior in high school. And Mm -hmm. let's see. Um, 
I, I grew up Catholic, but I hadn't gone to church in, you know, several years. And that night I was hanging out with my friends, and I, I just, this is how I remember it. I, I, nothing special. I, I had like a half a beer, and I came home, and I very rapidly got a high fever. Hmm. And uh, I basically the next morning I didn't really wake up very well. I kept falling into a semi-coma. Uh, I passed out. And uh, I remember my mother was trying to get me up for school and, you know, this ritual, get up, get up. And I couldn't even mouth the words I was sick. It was like I'm sick. You know, like, I couldn't even, mm-hmm. like, form the words. And mm-hmm. she came back and she stuck a thermometer in my mouth. And I was thinking, of my, I could just picture my, my eyes were like, what are you doing? I have no, con- I'm passing out every other mm-hmm. second. I got this thermometer in my mouth and it's, like, jerking and rattling because I have no control. And she's saying, what is that you're doing in your mouth? And I couldn't speak. And, and I'm just like, get it out of my mouth. But I couldn't even say it. So she she oh, takes wow. it out. And it's, it's 105 point something degrees. And I didn't even have my mouth closed. Wow. And she shakes it down. And she said, what are you doing? Is, are you, is that thing you're doing rattling around making it high? And she puts it in my mouth again. So, mm-hmm. again, it's like 105 point something. So, over the course of the week, I had this exceptionally high fever. I lost 25 pounds in a week. Wow. And, yeah, and the, I remember the, my body was racked with pain. You know, it, I, if the sheets felt like fiery lead weight. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was very, very painful. And at some point in time, at the end of the week, I said, Lord, uh, take me or make me better, but I can't endure the pain. And at that time, I, in the, the whole week, I was pretty much out of it, but passing in and out of consciousness, no doctors. I, I, I can't explain my mother's behavior, but maybe she just thought I'd, turn a corner any second, you know, the high fever always breaks, right? Uh And they couldn't even get any water in me because water felt much too cold, even warm water. So I remember after I said, take me or make me better, I, I looked around the room and there were pictures of, you know, Jesus and Mary on the wall. And I, I'm just like, glancing around the room and I see these pictures and then to my left at the foot of the bed I see a glowing Jesus Christ wow yeah he had uh, white robes on and there's a halo on his head it was very golden white there's this light coming from his head and I I thought I'm just I'm, I'm a kind of a analytical person and even though I was kind of out of it I said you know I was thinking I hear people dream up things they have delirious fevers and they see dragons you know as kids I said let me just look around the room not to be a doubting Thomas but let me just look around the room and see if I'm conjuring stuff up and I look around Mm -hmm. the room again 
And all I could do was move my eyes, and there he was again. He was still there. And I so did felt, he talk to you? I mean, did he talk to you? And so, um, what what happened? Yeah. So I'll tell you. Um, it's a quintessential story, as I've later read throughout the years, that there's only one thing he says. So I made this whole journey. I I knew I had a choice to make. I, I knew I, I, I went to heaven. I followed the ray of light. I saw mm-hmm. souls, like almost like cotton ball souls. I knew they were souls. And for some reason, they were stuck in the tunnel. And I came. Okay. There were souls. And I, I can't explain it exactly, but you got to heaven, and it was a very beautiful place. It was filled wow. with white, golden light. And I did not have people there, unfortunately. I had a couple of monks in brown robes, and they took me to a library, and I all the answers were gotten by me placing my hands on books, and I got the whole answer. To, I got the answer to, like, the universe. The whole, wow. everything in the universe you know, was, like, rushed to my brain. Wow. You know what I've, I've got to do, and, um, and I love your story, Marianne, um, but I've, I've, Chuck can probably even comment on some of the uh, spirits in the hallways, but these, these hallways were on the way up to heaven or in heaven? No, it was the path to heaven. It was the tunnel. The path it was to the heaven. tunnel going okay. to heaven. And the spirits looked like they were in good shape? They were uh, they were more like entities, almost like lights, like entities of light. And I don't Got it. Know okay, why... good. Yeah. Good, because it's, it's kind of going to take us into another topic that we're talking about tonight, too. So when did you, um, when did when did they say go back? Well, okay, so um, after I got all the answers to the universe, I came back, and it all had to do with electromagnetic theory. That was the whole theme. Everything has to do with light and electromagnetic theory. I came back, and there I was. Uh, I need to make a decision. I hovered over my body. I, I weighed everything, and I said, I want to go. I want to go to heaven. And then I sunk back in my body, and I looked at the bottom of the bed, and there Jesus Christ was at now the center, the bottom of the bed. And that's when he spoke. And this is the apparently the only thing he said, by many accounts, he said, no, now is not your time. Nice. I felt very, very nice. depressed. I've heard that from other people, too. So, Chuck, when you came back because you wanted to stay there, did you also feel depressed? Um, no, I don't. I wouldn't say I feel dep- felt depressed at any point, no. Okay, because I've heard that from you know, many was, people that have talked about the near-death experience when they came back. When they had to come back, they felt disappointed or depressed because it was so amazing on the other side that they wanted to stay there. Yeah. It it was, uh, and and I guess, and I was look, trying to look at the whole event from two angles, 40 years of being a paranormal investigator and and 35 years of being in healthcare. So the whole situation yeah. just fascinated me from both sides. I didn't have time to be depressed. I was dissecting the event from two different angles. Right. Right. Scientifically right. and spiritually. 
And uh, wow. for me, it was just so much confirmation that the, there's such a thin veil between life and death, between our side and the spirit side. And and yeah. we really need to, to focus on, on getting that veil even thinner because yeah, it's well, just amazing. I always understand it more. You know, I mean, I I always knew that heaven was there, but, you know, um, and and it was very, and definitely it was impactful, but I I didn't speak about this for 10 years. I didn't tell, even after it happened, I didn't mention it. I I just felt like, darn, I'm here in this miserable planet, you know, and and then 10 years (laughs) later... Then, then, it, then it was like, you know what? This is like uh, this was after I went to college and I learned about. Um, I studied Bible and literature, and it was like people in the Old Testament would testify to the truth of the stories of the Old Testament, and that's why you'd hear repeated stories. And I said, you know what? Maybe that's what I'm supposed to do is tell the story. It could so ha- so. so- and I know I've got to get on to some other uh, callers now, too, uh, Marianne, but so did you, I want to ask you two things. Did you go on telling the stories, and did you also get better right away after you came back? Yeah, I got better right away after I came back. Yeah, nice. I mean, with, uh, I recovered at that point. Um, These stories yeah, like this, 20, though, and I want to say... pounds. Yeah, I just want to say thank pounds. you so much for sharing it with us, because... You know, it's it's stories like this that really help other people understand that, you know, uh, what you've gone through, Chuck, what Marianne went through, um, these are are big deals, and there's so many other stories out there like that. Now, um, I want to ask Julia, Julia, did we have um, one more person that had, uh, like, a near-death experience on hold or? No, the other ones were looking for readings, and I told them only time permitted. And then we have one okay. caller who is rather shy, won't speak. <laughs> Just want to listen. Okay. Well, you know, I want to get back with Chuck then. And, uh, Marianne, thank you, because that's an um, amazing story. And uh, I, I've i seen Jesus myself, too. And I think um, what more, you know, what more could you ask for? That was just beautiful. Isn't so, it? Chuck, yeah. we, were talking, we were talking about... Um, we're talking about soul rescue work and how thin the veil yeah. is between the physical and spiritual worlds. And so Marianne got to experience it. You got to experience it. I, I know I talked a couple of, uh, I don't know, a couple of months ago. I had an experience in November, and uh, I had to go in for a heart um, heart test. And things were going on with me. And I'll tell you what, I felt my whole family there, and I was not afraid. It was the most peaceful yeah. experience for me. And something that I thought I would have been really frightened to go under, it was nothing. And at that moment in time, I said, God, if I'm supposed to be going home right now, it's okay with me. So yeah. and, what I know and is it's I was peaceful, a, it's amazing. Go ahead, Chuck. Yeah, I, was, was, I, I did find it so peaceful. That's why when my dad said, you have to go back, I said, no, you know. And, and he said, no, you got to. And uh, and he he told me why I had to go back. I had to finish projects. I had work to do, so I understood mm-hmm. that. But uh, but you know if if he had said come on let's let's go to the other side, I would have been right there with him. Um, yes. In in retrospect, I'm so glad I came back because I've, I working with this team down in Dallas is just 
the most exciting work I've ever done in my life. So I'm really, really wow. grateful I got a chance to come back. But uh, yeah. at that moment when I'm standing there and I'm thinking, hey, this is it, I was okay with it at the time. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. but I, I am, uh, I, every day I thank the good Lord for giving me another chance, you know, and I've, I've got a little bit more time. I have no idea how much time, but I'm going to make the right. most of it. Amen. And I think that's what we all need to do is make the most of the time that we do have downstairs here on Earth. Yeah. And and you not only have been working in the pure, we don't. We don't. It's it's a mystery. It really is. But you have been working with this field so much, though, that, you know, I know I've got EVPs, you've got some EVPs, and that really does make the veil the thinnest. I was doing a reading last night, and I make my CDs for people, and, and my um, client called back, and he goes, Jerianne, he goes, our voices were changing on that recording. And I said, uh, isn't that fun? Because the spirit sometimes will, you know, speak through me, and my voice yeah. will change. And, yes. uh, and he said there was music in the beginning of, the, his, of his reading. Of course, there was no music going on in my house. Come on, I don't, I don't play music yeah. in the background. So yeah, it's well, really it's interesting just how, huh? Say it again. It's distracting when you're doing a reading. Right. <laughs> to have music going. I know, right? So it's it really is amazing how thin the veil is. So we were we were starting to talk uh, before the show about soul rescue work. Yeah. And and that is for when some people cross the border. They don't cross over completely. And there's and a lot they of get lost. for that. Yeah, yes. they get lost. Well, they confuse. They confuse. Go ahead. Share with me what you know on that. Well, part well, of the thing is from the spirits I've talked to, that white light, you always hear, go to the white light. You know, and yeah, I saw the white light, and, and I was expecting it to be one of those floodlights, like, where are you? Where were you on the night of the 23rd? You know, that kind of thing. But it was, <laughs> it was such a, a soft, gentle, inviting light. But the thing is, yes. from a lot of the spirits I've talked to, that, that light only stays around for about three weeks. And then, boom, it's gone. You had your chance. And because time is so distorted on the other side, if you hesitate for any reason, maybe your daughter is pregnant due to deliver in a couple of months, so you want to stick around to see your grandbaby. Or maybe yes. we're, we're raised in, in the Judeo-Christian world that we're going to be judged before we go to heaven. So now you get to this this kind of waiting room, so to speak, and you see the light, and you sit there and go, well, shit, what's passing? Is 70 passing? Is 80 passing? Was I good enough? And you you stop and you wait and try to decide, damn, am I going to be good enough to make it to the other side? And then the next thing that happens, the light's gone, and now you're sitting there going, now what do I do? Yeah. And, and re- realistically, there's a lot of options, but most people don't realize that. So now they're sitting there. I helped a guy cross over about two months ago who had been around since 1907. I found him here in downtown Branson, and he was trapped, and he wanted to go, and his wife died. He was shot to death in in an argument, and he he -hmm. didn't go to the light. Now he's trapped, and his wife died in 1935, and he wanted to be with his family. So I went and tracked down his wife because her soul was still hanging around the cemetery where she, because usually a part of the soul is at the cemetery, where the body was, Mm -hmm. and I get a hold of Mary, and I says, Mary, Enos wants to be with you, but he can't cross over. And I talked her into coming back to where the 
where Enos was at, and I said where he was shot, and I said, Mary, help him cross over, guide him. And you could feel the room glowing in this room where Enos was when Mary shows mm-hmm. up, and I'm doing EVPs, and I'm recording it, and you hear Mary go, Enos. And Enos goes, Mary. They hadn't seen each other in 75 years. And now they yeah. their two energies connected. And I says, Mary, get him the hell out of here. Take him to the other side. Boom. The little the the room no longer glowed. I'm asking Enos, are you here? I'm getting nothing on the recorder. Mary, are you here? I'm getting nothing on the recorder. So she was able to get him to cross over. And it was now, just I've got to ask you. I've got to ask thing. you. I've got to ask you. Did you get the voices as EVPs on the recording device? I did. Wow. But so you see, I've, so that's, I've that's, that's very cool. It. That's amazing. Yeah, but I, but then, too, the way this – I spent 20 years creating this process to get EVPs, and, and mm-hmm. it's basically the way I process them. And I get EVPs that, that people insist. They tell me, oh, you're, you're making that up. You can't get EVPs like that. And I said, oh, give me your worst EVP, and I clean it up for them and go – here, every step of the way, this is how I did it. This is how I took your raw recording and got the EVP squeezed out of it. And they go, oh, my wow. God, that's unbelievable. If I hadn't given you the recording, I'd never believe it. Wow. So, wow, that's amazing. I spent 20 years working on this. And, uh, and real quickly, because I know we're getting close to running out of time, I want to just quickly yes. ask if there are any, if there's anybody in the listening area, anyone listening to this show, who either is or knows of a medium who is blind, please get in touch with me at ghostofbfw.com. I really want to talk to a medium that's blind because I want to know how, how their senses are different. And, and I really need to do this research. So if anyone knows of a medium who no longer or who was born without sight, please get in touch with me. Yes, yes, please, please do. You know, you've done so much research and everything, Chuck, and um, I think that's fantastic. I'd like to have you back on the show again uh, with your EVPs. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would love that. My, I don't have a technique on my EVPs. Mine just, the spirits will just come in and talk, you know, when I'm doing readings mm-hmm. with people or when I'm doing investigations. Yeah. You've got a technique, and, um, and that's your special way. That's how you've learned how to work, how you've created this in the world. So I think that's phenomenal. Uh, I know you've got some other amazing ones. I think you've got some phenomenal books out there. So, again, if people want to reach you for your books or I don't know if you're going to do uh, anything else with the EVPs for people, but how can they reach you again, Chuck? At either uh, on Facebook at ghostofdfw uh, on Facebook or www.ghostofdfw.com. And uh, I also have ghostofbranson.com. And at Ghost of Branson, there's a page to get my books. All my books are on the Ghost of Branson link. I'm going to have to put them up on DFW. But, um, but, and you can uh, email me, Chuck Kennedy, one word, Chuck Kennedy at hotmail.com. And, um, or you can call me, 888-513-6965. Beautiful. Thank you. And, again, I, I just know how my um, blog talk radio system works here, so I'm going to tell everyone again. My uh, garage sale, half-price readings, once a year only. You can give me a call, 
940-9292. The garage sale is going on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 10 until 4. Make sure you show up, or if you guys are out in New Zealand or Germany or Canada, just give me a call, and we'll just set up your reading anyway. So, you know what we have? I know uh, we possibly, I think, Julia, don't we have one more person that had a, a question or a story for Chuck? I think we do. Let's, I don't have the name, but I think they were on earlier. Let's bring them in. Okay. Hello, caller. You're on the line. Oh, is that me? Is, am I on? Hello? Yes. Did you have a Did you have a story about your uh, a near death experience or a question for Chuck tonight? Oh no, I, I I wanted you to tell me about my love life. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask if you don't mind. I'm going to ask. How about can you call back next week and then we'll go ahead and uh, talk about that topic? Okay. Okay. Have a nice evening. I I thanks you too. All right. But when but. but so, Chuck, you know, I've got to tell you, um, this has taken a lot of uh, a lot of time, a lot of your devotion, a lot of commitment to do things like this. And, you know, I just want to say thank you for being in this in the spirit world. Thank you for having the commitment um, to teach people because that's what I do too. That's what I do too. Yeah. And I think it's very, I it's know. very it's important not- thing. I always enjoy running into you over at the radio station in Aurora because we have such great conversations. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, you know what? I think we'll have to do another topic also on uh, soul rescue work. We've got the EVPs. We've got the soul rescue work. If people would only know what it's like to find somebody out there that's lost, that's trapped, that's confused because not everyone crosses over immediately, and the satisfaction that you get when you've helped somebody cross over and find their way into the light, it's it's amazing. It's peaceful. It's yeah. it's just great. It's just great. Well, uh, next week I move down to, to Fort Worth, and uh, so wow. when when we do the show again, we'll have Robin on too because she's got some amazing stories on on uh, spirit rescue. And uh, oh, I'd love that. And I mean, we could just you know, it would be quite a show to say the least. Well, we've talked we've talked about making the show a little bit longer, so this way it'll we'll you know we'll be able to have a separate situation where people can call up and ask all the questions that they want and stuff. But you know, um, I want to tell everyone thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for listening in. Thank you, thank you for your patience and uh, Marianne for sure for your phenomenal story as well. I'd love to get more people to call in with their near death experiences also. Uh, we really greatly appreciate um, all of our listeners and check. Chuck, I'm sending you such huge, huge hugs, Chuck. <laughs> huge hugs. Well, thanks and for, God for kept having you. me. Yeah, I was just going to say, so God good to kept talk you here to on, you again. on purpose. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I am so loving you, Chuck. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. God bless, guys. God Bye-bye. bless you. And, you know, bye now. So this is your Psychic Connection, everyone. Thank you so much. You know, we love you all. Please call back in next week. And I I think next week we're going to have the forum where everyone can ask whatever questions they want, love, money, whatever it is. Make sure you give us a call right back here at Your Psychic Connection. I'm Jorianne, the Coffee Psychic, and we'll talk to you next week. Good night, everybody.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.